Hello, racing fans. Edison Hatter back with another episode of First Over with Edison Hatter. I've had a couple weeks off here. I enjoyed some time in Florida last week, a nice week off the week before. Thankful to Mike Provosio for hosting. We'll, of course, have Mike on the show plenty more in the coming weeks, but happy to be back in the host chair today for me, and I'm happy to be joined by Kevin Plaucha. Kevin, welcome back. Yeah, it's nice to be back in the uh, the co-host chair, I guess. I know people were probably used to uh, first over with Mike Probosi for a couple weeks there, but uh, here we are. We're, we're back. A little bit, little bit of a uh, not-so-seen duo very often here on this pod, but we're back. We got some Saturday Mohawk, and I'm excited. It, weather was great today. I'm, I'm in a good mood. I'm very excited. Yeah, it was some fantastic uh, weather this afternoon down here near D.C. I think we had 80 officially. That's fantastic for late uh, February. And, uh, yeah, I got my show back just in time. I, You know, I, my, Mike does – Mike thinks I don't know, but I'm well aware that he was, like, creating his own logo and his own <laughs> show title. Like, I, he was very close to fully stealing it. So I said, no, 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 I got it this week. I got to take it back. Yeah, I mean, you're back. I hope you enjoyed your time in Florida, obviously, with the all the awards you received. Congratulations and welcome back. Thank you, Kevin. And, of course, the big award of the night, uh, unshockingly, went to Bulldog Hanover, of course, towards the year. Maybe surprisingly, because in the top 10 poll, we did have that one dissenting voter to Bella Bellini. It was unanimous. 136 ballots cast, 136 votes for Bulldog Hanover for, for Horse of the Year, the first unanimous Horse of the Year, and I think well-deserved. Yeah, that's. I'm, I'm actually very happy to see that because – yeah, that's a lot of votes too. 136, that's a lot. And obviously, like you said, we had that top 10 poll where it just didn't seem like we were ever going to get that unanimous number one on Bulldog Hanover, but uh, well-deserved. I mean, with all the press that, that he got and with breaking the fastest mile ever and uh, even getting pressed so far onto ESPN, like, I mean, that's crazy. And no, uh, you know, no negative wishes on Bella Bellini, but Bella Bellini wasn't out there doing that kind of work that the Bulldog was, but uh just fantastic to see. Obviously, a lot of awards were given out over the weekend, and a lot of them, I, I'd say all of them were, were well-deserved to each. I suppose the other one that was a particularly an unknown heading into the evening was Trotter of the Year. I know the Ray Catola fan club was making a strong <laughs> push for Ecury D, but uh, Bella Bellini took home the honor in the end, and uh, yeah, she, she, she had a pretty spectacular year. I don't know. She and Test of Faith, to me, there were spots where they disappointed me, I'll, I'll be yeah. honest, especially when I may or may not have been betting on them, but <laughs> she did have a pretty darn good year. Ecury D, you know, it's kind of the question from last year. It's the number of starts question, ultimately. But I would have. There, there was that stretch in the summer where, you know, he kind of split time with his stable mate. Alraja 1 was was probably the most, more talented hockey trotter at one point during the summer. Yeah, gosh, the whole the whole what-if surrounding Alraja 1. I really wish that horse wasn't shut down for the year due to injury. Uh, really unfortunate to see that. Uh, I, now, thank goodness I'm not a voter because I probably would have voted Ecury D just to spite Ray Catolo. But, uh, yeah, I think, I think Bella Bellini well-deserved. Uh, <laughs> obviously, there were a couple times where – I, I know at least once where Test of Faith was one to five and and lost to Michaela at the Meadowlands, and but you know we move on. Bella Bellini, Ecury D. I, I really really does suck though with Al Raja one not being able to finish out the season. Definitely would have liked to see what that horse could have done. You know, I have to go find my own ballot now to find out whether I voted for <laughs> Ecury D or Bella Bellini. I think I went Bella Bellini, but let's find out for sure. I probably would. I would have gone Bella Bellini. I was just saying I'd vote Ecury D just. Just in case Ray Catolo is listening. 
Ballot from Edison Hatter, Bella Blini, Trot of the Year, Bulldog Hanover, Pace of the Year, Bulldog Hanover, Horse. Oh, there you go. So there we go. Oh, uh, well, either way, we did get the uh, Division Honors U.S. Harness Rider Association, a fantastic event, as always, down in uh, Orlando, Florida. And, yep. Uh, yeah, like you said, I'm, I'm very happy to get the warm weather from down there. It translated up here. And, of course, this is the really good time of the year, Kevin, when I am up to, like, 1 a.m. every night <laughs> watching the banana slugs of UC Santa Barbara take <laughs> on the Hawaii's of the world and whatever. Because we got to get fully ready for March. Mm. It is March next year. Yes. Month. Yeah, I, l- listen, you see, <laughs> that's hilarious. Uh, I'm more of a Pac-12 after dark guy myself. But uh, yeah, we are, March is right around the corner. Uh, I know this this may not make you the happiest, but Robert Morris, four-game win streak just took down the top team in the Horizon League, Youngstown State, by 19. Uh, all, the, all the Pittsburgh teams are doing so much better than they did last year. Obviously, Robert Morris up at 500. Duquesne, Keith Dambro has done an amazing job with resurrecting Duquesne. I think they only had six wins or eight wins last year. And then obviously... Uh, how about one conference win? That's the important one. Oh, well, yeah, there you go. And then obviously Pitt, the massive turnaround they've had with uh, being up towards the top of the ACC. And I, I love March Madness. March Madness is my favorite... Uh, my favorite tournament. March is my favorite month because of March Madness. Uh, if you asked me to give a Final Four right now, I probably wouldn't be able to. I think it's still super wide open, and I might be a little bit biased because of the last few seasons, but I don't really like any Big Ten teams. I know Zach Eady is a monster, but I, with the recency bias of how bad the Big Ten has been in the tournament, I just don't like any of them to make it to the Final Four, even though I know – 10 of them or however many absurd amount will get in. But I think the big 12 is where it's at this year. Uh, well, you know, always my bias sport. So uh, roll tide. That's a <laughs> brutal road win last night. South Carolina. Gosh, Brandon oh. Miller is so good. He is. Well, so you know, there was of course, uh, yeah, I, I know the great details. I think anyone listening who follows college basketball as well, where there was a lot of uh, background noise at the there, game last there, night. There but, was um, for sure, but he's but still talking- a fantastic player. But talking purely basketball, uh, yeah, if that team is healthy, can ignore distractions, mm-hmm. I think that's a serious contender. Houston, Purdue, um, yeah, so I don't know. Big 12, I think the Big 12 as a whole is a pretty strong ca- conference, but the question is then who in particular are you going to tag as the uh, the one possibly from that conference? Well, yeah, that's and that's the problem. That's also the problem that I usually have when we're talking about the Big East because you have Marquette, you have Providence, and you have Creighton who they were a top six team, I think, to start the preseason, and they had that that massive losing streak. And now all of a sudden they're back into contention. You have Xavier. But that's that's the Big East. Uh, Big 12, oh, it's it's really hard to pick against, for me, Kansas right now. Uh, if I'm talking a dark horse Big 12, I don't even know if they'd be considered a dark horse, but – Kansas State, I guess, they had that big win uh, over Kansas at home. But, I mean, I don't know. You're looking at the standings. You can't forget about Texas. Uh, it just just so many good so many good teams. Uh, TCU, obviously, with Jamie Dixon, uh, how they were almost able to upset Arizona last year. If I had to if, – if you're telling me I have to pick a team out of the Big 12, it would be Kansas. And after that – I'd say Kansas State. And then if you're giving me if I have to give a dark horse, TCU. Well, I am going to talk think about and discuss my degenerate end of year reviews. So let's <laughs> see, teams good and bad to me. 
Mm-hmm. Um, you see Irvine. I think anytime you Ooh. see Irvine's involved in a game betting for them or against them, they have been great to me this year. Okay. Kansas has been very good to me this year, including that big road win as a dog against uh, TCU on Monday night. Mm-hmm. Alternatively, TCU has been no good to me. <laughs> uh, I remember blowing about a 12-point lead in the second half to, I think it was Texas. I believe it was Texas. Um, and, or maybe it was Oklahoma State. Whoever it was, that was ugly. Um, and uh, one more bad team this year. Uh, well, Mount St. Mary's has been good to me this year. Unfortunately, I've been betting against my alma mater a lot, Ooh. but uh, it's the way it goes sometimes. They've been good, though, because I always bet against them. Um, hmm. Another bad team. Another bad team. Honestly, Alabama hasn't been that generous to me, mostly because I'm Ooh. not pretty optimistic about us covering in spots when we don't. Yeah. Um, oh, oh, you were discussing Big East. That's what I was saying. I think I bet Creighton just about every single game that yeah. list. Creighton might be at the top of the list. Yeah. Xavier, I think the Big East as a whole actually is up there. UConn, yeah, the whole Big East. Marquette was no good at, at UConn last week for me. Yeah. If yeah, I'm if, the whole Big East. Yeah, if I'm ever going to like get into college basketball sports betting, I think I'm steering clear of the Big East because every single game is from what I've noticed over the past few seasons of like really digging deep into watching college basketball. Every game seems to be super close, whether it's Creighton St. John's or or Georgetown, DePaul, like every game seems so close. And to me, I've, I usually come out on the wrong end of, of thinking which team would win. Alternatively, I don't, gosh, I can't remember betting a whole lot of Horizon League this year. A couple random games here and there. I think you, did uh, you like, bet Robert Morris once? I did. I remember texting you about it yeah. like a month ago. Uh, this, although tonight, to be fair, I think I like a game tonight, uh, Northern Kentucky on the road. So against, uh, Detroit Mercy. So there you go. I, I was, uh, I was a little curious. I don't know if you looked at this, but Northwestern is six and a half point dogs against, uh, at Illinois tonight. I just thought that was interesting. I didn't think that Illinois team looked very good on Monday night against, uh, Minnesota. I mean, Minnesota. Yeah. Not, not 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 a super high on team. Uh, I don't know though. Nor- Northwestern always has this great ability to let down people, and um, you know, they finally back in the top twenty five. So this is when they lose and bow out of the top twenty five the rest of the year, right? Yeah, I, it seems that way. I mean, they did beat Purdue and India. I guess their last three wins were all at home. Yeah, that, but to be fair, they won on the road to Ohio State, Wisconsin earlier this month. So, I mean, you know, they've they been good. And, you know, the Big yeah. Ten is – I mean, you say it's about every conference in some sense, but, man, the Big Ten, anybody can win on any given night. Yeah, and you're right about that. Uh, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not so sure about those those two wins against uh, Wisconsin and Ohio State. But, anyway, you are right about that. Anybody can win on every any given night. I know there's been a lot of, like <laughs> – teams like three through eight seem to all be beating each other, so – you know, you had Michigan State beating Michigan. I feel like Rutgers lost to Michigan. I don't even really remember. But Maryland and Indiana, I feel like they're playing every other day. So uh, you can say that a lot about probably every Power 5 conference. But the Big Ten, and for me, it's the Big East. But the Big Ten is definitely another example of of teams beating each other every single night. And, yeah, the uh, A-10 basketball is always good basketball to watch. Ooh. I think that's is that true? I think that's the only game I got to last year was the good uh, Duquesne versus Richmond. Richmond wins by 20, and that was <laughs> Duquesne's. Oh, let's see. They went 1-17 in conference play last year, and I think that loss made them 1-9 at the time. And it's ironic. They started the year 1-0 in conference play, finished yeah. 1-17, and nearly won a tournament game against, um, I forget who it was, first-round matchup. They almost won the first-round matchup. Rhode Island, I think. Uh, go figure, right? They lost yeah. like two. Right. Um, but yeah, significant turnaround this year. Looking a lot to better there at nineteen and nine. And uh, actually, that, that's what I'm sporting right now is my Duquesne uh, 
t-shirt. So I'm, I'm looking right. Pittsburghy for, for the show today. I, I, I appreciate that. Uh, I'm sporting a, a Chris Stapp's Porzingis Mavericks shirt. So I'm a little bit uh, behind the times here, I guess. Oh, all right. Well, Kevin, we've discussed the college basketball action. We've discussed the Dan Patch Awards. It's time to get to Wood by Mohawk action on yes, a Saturday is. night. Saturday, February 25th, 2023. We're already almost to the end of February, almost in the March. We have 12 races on the Saturday evening program. We'll discuss that early pick five as always. Race nine, we'll discuss the featured preferred handicap, but we'll start off with that pick five sequence. Races one to five, 20 cent base wager, a $100,000 guaranteed pool, and it is a um, free program pages online, www.woodbine.com backslash mohawk backslash free hyphen programs. And again, 20 cent base wager for this guaranteed pick five. Race one kicks it off. Non winners of one on the pace for per 17,000. This is one of two divisions of the non winners of one, Kevin, in this sequence. And a lot of first time starters, a lot of inexperienced horses with a cipher in the spot. Yeah. Uh, overall, like when you sent me the first original proof of this and when I was looking through it, uh, at first I was like, oh no, like this is a very tricky sequence. But the more I looked at it, I was actually kind of excited to. Uh, for this sequence to be able to to pick my brain and and make me work a little harder than I than I usually do, but yeah, race one here, five year olds and younger, non winners of one. I will be going three deep here to start, and I will start with the ten to one number one Royal JK. Uh, I do think this horse has been improving, uh, has tried to be near the front in all three lifetime starts and only lost by three lengths after blasting from post nine last week. You know, the horse was a huge price. You didn't expect him to win, but but he was still there fighting uh, at the end whenever the other long shots were coming to win. That would be delightful feeling who is actually in this race and delightful kiss uh, was still there at the end. Like I said, and this is his second start back off of a three week layoff. Now, you know, you have the rail compared to post nine. Obviously I know people aren't, that big of fans of the rail uh, at Woodbine, but you know, it gives you the option. You, you do have some choices, uh, especially with, I'm not sure if the slanted starting gate is back yet. I, I don't know. I haven't heard anything uh, otherwise, but yeah, I like the one here at a little bit of a price. Uh, the four babies beach bomb uh, sitting third down the backstretch is like one of my biggest pet peeves. It's my least favorite place to be whenever I'm betting a horse and they sit third down the backstretch. I'm like, Oh God, like you're either going to come first over or you're going to get shuffled and not have a chance to win no matter what the size of the track. But that was the dilemma uh, for this sunshine beach five-year-old gelding last week Uh, was forced to move first over. If you wanted to have any chance took the lead, but was passed by two long shots Late in the mile, those were the same two that I mentioned uh, when I was talking about Royal JK. Uh, you get McClure now, and recent lines show that this horse should be moving forward early. And you have post four instead of post six from last week. And the nine, Southwind Patron. Boy, this horse was absolutely loaded. Post nine is a reason to worry. Let me get out. Let me get that out of the way. But J-Max sticks and. Gosh, this horse was just so loaded. Got denied twice trying to split horses. And that was in his first lifetime start. So (laughs) definitely could have probably won that race with a better trip. And I think a lot more, (laughs) there would be a lot more buzz around this horse. But, you know, with post nine, you never know. Uh, Just had absolutely nowhere to go. Uh, Paced in 56. And if this horse gets any room at all, I think watch out. 
Yeah, you know, that's the interesting one to me, the nine. Um, obviously, I'll include them. That's the easy part. But yeah. uh, staring at a morning line, that'll be fair. And, you know, someone someone at some point I know is going to hear me say this on the show week after week. And somebody's going to text me and kind of ru- kind of ruin the intrigue of this, you know, uh, adventure to me. But how is the morning line at Mohawk made? We continue to debate it. Is it a human? Is it a computer? Well, knowing how the computer morning line makes are, are normally they're not very good at picking up a line like that line last time out from Salvin Patron, the way he kicked at the end, the way he had nowhere to go, the pace that he had. And normally that line, based on him finishing fourth at eight to one, probably spit him out like six to one. He's actually the morning line favorite, which might actually be correct in the end. Um, so I, I don't think, therefore, that can be purely a computer morning line. Now, it could be a case like some tracks where the computer spits out the morning line and the human kind of corrects it and goes from there. But um, I don't know. I, I digress. I'm, I'm intrigued further now in this Mohawk morning line situation. But I will include him as a result. Seven Cobra Creek I will use. I like the qualifier last time out. Uh, you know, these first time starters, you just never know what you're going to get out of them. But I thought that one looked fine qualifying. I think 10 to 1 on the morning line. We'll see what kind of price he is. Um, this is where I guess you can hedge yourself as the analyst by saying the classic, watch the toe board for clues, watch <laughs> them up. But that really is the right. case here. Let's see how he looks when he gets to the track and how professionally he takes it all in. Uh, the four babies beach bum, oh uh, for 4 so far in the lifetime. Was the, one of the more favored ones last time out, that tough yep. first over trip, uh, as you mentioned, sitting third on the back stretch. So see if he can work out a better trip here tonight. And then the three delightful feeling, you know, He's improved nicely in each of his starts. Big win last time out. I'm never a huge fan of going from 28 to 1 last time out, but probably like 3, 4, 5 to 1 this time. Right. But he looked really solid last time out. He clearly has turned the corner here in just a few starts. So uh, 3, 4, 7, 9 for me as we go to race 2. It's now winners of 8,000 in their last five. They're on the pace. Don't poke the dragon. It's plunging in class. Yes, don't poke the dragon is plunging in class. Also, I really liked your morning line uh I guess thought from the last race. Very interesting to see that the nine was five to two. But anyway, yes, race two, not winners of eight thousand, last five on the pace. And as you mentioned, the six don't poke the dragon is absolutely plummeting in class from the not winners of twenty-six thousand last five, where this horse was third, beaten a length and a quarter by Highland Beach Lover. Uh I mean to me is the obvious choice, but I actually also included three others, and those would be the four, the boss said, uh, just missed by a length in this class, came from very far out of it, and Bayfield Beach was all over the track. I honestly thought the boss said was going to get up and win, but was just way too far back and kicked home in 27 to just miss, has shown fantastic form in the last six, has been on the well, has been on the board in all six of his starts this year. Uh, the five Emmett's buddy, I, I really debated on whether or not to use this horse, but uh, was racing in in the same classes that uh, the boss said was, uh, if you notice the lines from January 7th and December 31st, was racing in those uh, winners of two, but not more than four or five. And the boss said came from uh, those same classes to this non-winners of 8,000 last five. So it gives me some confidence in Emmett's buddy. And this horse has also been racing in the snowshoe series against the dominant uh, Camara moments and has paced some fast miles. The first leg of that series uh, went in 52 and three. Uh, you have Louis Philippe Bois back in the bike. And I, I'm not really sure what this horse is going to do like strategy wise. Uh, the last two has gone towards the front. And I mean, with with the four probably not leaving as much, uh, I guess the five could be closer, but I'm not too sure. 
all, all of this that I'm saying might be in vain because the, the six don't poke the dragon might just go to the front and crush this field. But uh, if for some reason that does not happen, I'm, go- I'm including those other two. And I'm also including the nine Legion Sealster who drops from the non-winners of 14-5 last five, where he's been racing pretty decent, but the post position, post position nine had post eight in his last two starts, not helping the situation, but has shown 27 and change closing speed as well as a 26 and four kick back on January 21st and has those fast lines that we usually see in this not winners of 8,000 or not winners of 12,000 last five group. Uh, I did not include the, I am not including the two beyond better. A very, I'm, I'm very intrigued to see if you did or not Edison, because this horse plummeted down in class and was one to nine and got beaten by GA speed Sammy at I believe 42 to one or something like that. So that's not a horse that I can trust, but for me, I am four deep in this second leg, four, five, six, and nine. No, I don't include beyond better. I mean, it's a realistic spot for him, but like you mentioned, I mean, he plunged even lower than this and was no good. I mean, uh, I probably would have used him if Mike wasn't hosting the show last week. I probably would have used him in that race, but this time, uh, not so much. Uh, you know, I might say the same thing about Don't Poke the Dragon if he disappoints in here, but I just used three of yours. Four, five, six, Boss said, Emmett's buddy. Don't Poke the Dragon, I think they're the three best. I think they are the three morning line choices as well. I think one of those three goes on and gets it done, and it's simple as that, as we'll turn the page to race three, and that is non-winners of 24,500 in their last five starts. They're on the pace for a purse of 26,000. Field of seven in here, and a couple classy ones, American History, Utrecht, a couple others in here as well with chances. So, Kevin, how many will you use? Uh, I will use three of the seven, and I also feel like American History just follows the both of us around whenever we record this podcast. I remember the last time I recorded, I was on uh, co-hosting with you. Uh, it was either American History single or all, and that is not the case here, obviously. Uh, this non-winners of 24,500 last Five. This is going to be a fantastic, fantastic race. In the first half of this Saturday night card, I will go three deep. I'm going to start with the three points north. Uh, the biggest thing for me, uh, adding points north to my ticket, is the post relief. Uh, tried to blast from post nine last week, but it was just too much. One of the better horses on the grounds. And if you see in the last, uh, I guess the last three lines that you can see, towards the bottom, you know, a win, a third, and a second in this type of company <clears throat> uh, was the horse who actually uh, beat American history by a head in a race that I will mention in a moment. Uh, shorter field, too. I just feel like, I don't know if this makes much sense, but this is the type of horse that likes to beat me when I don't include them. <laughs> so I, I always feel like, that you know, I was going to go too deep with the four and the six, but I just, I figured it wasn't too much more uh, to include this three. And, you know, with a shorter field, Drury will prop, you get Drury now, and he went to the front with this horse on December 31st of last year, the time that he drove him last. So that's the three points north. Uh, the four, American history. American history seems to have only one successful tactic, at least to me. Uh, go to the front and hold on for dear life. Drops from the preferred level here. Was a front-end winner, three back. And that line from two starts ago is absolutely crazy. 53-4 and four to the half, 121-1 and one to three quarters. And he only lost by a head. That was the race that I just mentioned that points north headed him at the line. Uh, just a crazy race that was. But you can see three back. This horse won in the non-winners of 20,000 last five on the front end. And 
I th- you now you get J Mac, so I think there's even more incentive to send this horse to the front and try to hold on. And I will be using the six Utrid. Uh, drops from the preferred level. Came home in twenty six and three in the first pair of mutual start in almost a year. This horse was a preferred horse weekly before the massive layoff starting after March of last year. And six to one morning line, I I would bet. A lot of money that you get a lot lower than six to one, but that's just me. Uh, so three deep here for me, uh, three, four, and six. Well, I will just go four, six in here. And uh, well, Kevin, okay, now I'll contradict myself. Who <laughs> tread six to one on the morning line? Right. Second off the bench, kick 26 and three last time. Clearly needed to start, drops in class. Six to one screams. It's so interesting. Line. It's so interesting. Would make it shorter. <laughs> Yeah, that's so interesting to me. Maybe the human makes the first first race morning line, and that's it. So I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I think it believes it further furthers my belief that it's computer morning line spits it out. The race office kind of looks if there's any glaring errors and we'll fix those and kind of let it go with that. And yeah, this is just one that just kind of slipped through the cracks. But yeah. I think Gucci will be shorter than six to one based off that last line. Now second off the bench, as you mentioned, off this long layoff. Um, American history dropping back down to the realistic level. One of those two, I think, goes on and gets it done. So those are the two I'll use here, uh, four and six. But if we can get six one new trip, we will take every bit of that. Oh, yeah. Go to race four. We're back to those non-winners, one on the pace. We got some first-time starters in this one as well. We got a winner in the class last week drawing post 10 now. And you mentioned it earlier. I didn't get back to that, the slanted gate discussion. I do not know the situation this weekend. I think we are back to the standard normal starting gate at Mohawk, but that is a valid uh, question to ask. Um, but I believe they are. I'll, I'm going to go social media uh, snoop on that while you discuss this fourth race and who you like. <clears throat> All right, fantastic. That might actually go a long way into this uh, <laughs> this race here for me. But regardless of whether or not there is a slanted gate, I will not be using the morning line favorite number 10 everyone's hero was a winner last week on the front end from post three, but now you move all the way out to post 10 starting gate slanted or not. Regardless, I will not be using that one, but I will be using three others and they are on the inside. I will be using number one. Rye has been very consistent in his last three starts this year, at least to me was a beaten favorite last out. And I thought this horse was going to go by. Uh, I'm not too sure what the situation was with, uh, driver Chris Matthews around the final turn. He kind of looked like he eased up a little bit on trying to push the horse uh, after there was a, a horse that fell towards the back of the pack and there was like a, a red light flashing up at the top of the stretch. I'm not sure if that kind of changed his mindset on what he wanted to do. Uh, regardless, I think this one is a contender, consistent top finisher in all three starts so far this season. Uh, the two, Delightful Kiss. Uh, this horse gets massive post relief and came out last quarter in 27 and four to get second. And now you get James McDonald. Uh, the price will absolutely vanish. This horse was 16 to one last week. Now seven to two morning line. I think it'll probably go even lower than that. Uh, but I can't ignore that last line. And the four control the smile double moved in the same race that Rye was in uh, came first over and had a wheel get stepped on. And that was also his first race in over three months. And I think this horse will be a lot better this time. Eight to one morning line. Hey, if I can get somewhere around there, I would be pretty happy with that. But yeah, a couple first time starters for me, I will be going three deep with the one, two and four. I will go three deep as well. A couple different ones for me though. I'll go two, six, 10 uh, as for starting car. Yeah. It appears that was a one night in thing. Uh, 
I'll be honest, I didn't follow that story much that weekend. And then I was in Florida last weekend, so I wasn't really following the story or watching much racing in general, to be totally honest. Gotcha. I, didn't realize, I guess I used the Georgian Down starting car, which caused some social media uproar. What appear <laughs> that Saturday night two weeks ago. Yep. And, yeah, I think we've been good since. I didn't see anything else asking about last week or anything. So All right, very good. good. Um, and that is good info to have because uh, I like the 10 in here. Everyone's hero who comes off of that win last time out. Blasted to the front, never looked back, post three, post 10, a little bit of a tougher draw here tonight. But, uh, again, we'll see if he can use some tactical gate speed here to find himself in a good spot early. I'll toss him in. 640 Bob is the uh, first-time starter I like of this group, another one whose qualifiers look okay. I kind of like the one two back more than the one uh, last week. But um, hopefully we'll see if he's ready to go here on debut, the uh, sports writer Colt. And then we'll use the two, as you will as well, delightful kiss. Again, just missed last time out to two delightful feeling. Draws inside here after the uh, two back-to-back post-eight tries. Uh, so hopefully he can find himself a little bit closer to the action early on. So 2 six, ten for me as we go to the payoff leg, race five. Five-year-old youngers, not winners of 15,000 lifetime. Pacers for perks of 18,000. I find a single in here, Kevin. How will you close Ooh. it out? Well, I wonder if we have the same single. Uh, real quick, back to race four. Uh, I know I used a first-time starter, I think, a couple weekends ago it may have been sometime last week uh for second and you know for me the qualifiers do look good but uh after watching i believe it was editor's choice was the name of the horse had the rail uh you know with with the first time starters i think they do sometimes need they mostly need one but that's why i will not be using any of those first time starters in either of the non-winners of one races anyway back to race five yes the payoff leg uh I think it would be funny if we had the same single. I will be singling number five in the fifth, Head Honcho. Uh, just continues to get faster. One in his first local start in Now Winners of One Company. Uh, jumped up to Now Winners of Two and was just a length and a half back at 46 to one. Dropped back down and came first over at Palladium Hanover, who was dropping from the Snowshoe Series. Uh, despite coming first over, still kicked home in 27 and one uh, to finish fourth. And none of the top three horses from that last race are here. So for me, it is a single in the payoff leg of number five, head honcho with Austin Sori. I will go the other direction. I'll take the four Barrett Hanover as my single in here. Uh, that break last time out, refund, total mess of the race there. Tried to leave from post eight last time out. That didn't work out. But let's look three back. Inside mm-hmm. post, identical post four, able to leave, had to work through those middle stages, still was able to win by two and a quarter in the end. Again, similar, so... Hopefully, we can go on and see him rebound in this spot tonight. Also going to be fourth off the bench after the bit of a layoff. So, I will go for Barrett Hanover on top for me. So, we will have competing singles in this yep. last leg. But, uh, Kevin, it sounds like you used a lot early on. So, you're kind of like me. Uh, partially, part of the reason I had the single was just to keep it semi-economic. One won $14.40. Yeah. So, maybe if you wanted to go four or five, you can make it twenty-eight eighty. But, uh, I'll stick under $15. $14.40 for me. Three four seven nine with four five six with four six with two six ten with four again fourteen dollars forty cents for a twenty cent base wager and Kevin your ticket yep for me it will be one four nine with four five six nine with three four six with one two four and single the five in the final leg my ticket will be twenty one sixty for twenty cents now unfortunately for us Edison if we both make it to that final leg. Only one of us can come out on top. And for my sake, I hope it's me. I'm sorry. I have to say it. But if we're down to that final leg, it'll be 
May the best horse win, I guess. But oh, yes, twenty-one sixty for twenty cents. I'll be fully rooting for that dead heat. <laughs> I guess I will too. Uh, that'd be funny. I'll sacrifice my own payout in half just for you. <laughs> oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Well, hopefully we'll both make some money there to turn to race nine, the free for all pace, oh, chance yeah. to uh, get some extra money in there. And I guess there's a chance to discuss something that uh, the Meadowlands is going to implement starting this week, something that Mohawk's already doing. I think it's great that both tracks are doing it, and that is. The purse is going to fluctuate, of course, based on the number of horses entered. So this week we get a field of eight. That's $48,000 at Mohawk. And at the Meadowlands, I believe that's $4,500 extra per starter um, above seven. So you can get an extra $13,500 difference in purse from a seven-horse field to a ten-horse field. So hopefully that will encourage some of our nicer stakes horses here to come back a little bit earlier to get in on these uh, free-for-all open preferred paces. So this free-for-all field of eight and, you know, uh, Kevin, for me, it's a matter of just kind of playing the price game. And, uh, you know, Salzburg Victor, the trips haven't worked out the last two, but he did win several preferreds in a row here. He slowly drifted up in price. I think we're going to see maybe even a better price on him tonight. So I think just a matter of price, I think him, wheels on fire so much more. I think they just kind of take turns beating one another in these preferreds ultimately. So I think Salzburg Victor is actually the better price of the three tonight. That's the way I'd go. And then in the exacta spot, I would try to slip in a horse who's been on the improve. And, you know, I didn't really think much of as a preferred horse earlier a couple months ago. But uh, Woodmere Steel Deal has mm-hmm. really proven himself with these preferred types lately, winning one two back and finishing third beat only by a length uh, in last week's event. So one, two, maybe exacta box <clears> is the way I try to play this one and try to stay away from so much more on wheels on fire and hope that they don't exactly fire this week. <laughs> Yeah, and, and listen, I get that. Gosh, this race is just an absolute smoke show, at least in my opinion. $48,000 purse. You love to see that because there's definitely going to be a ton of eyes uh, on this race. And, you know, that purse definitely uh, provoked sand between my toes to ship up from the Meadows where I watched this horse win in the open level uh, last week now under the training of Todd Luther. But yeah, uh, just gosh, it's it's definitely going to be a watch the tote board a type race because if Salzburg Victor, you know, what if this horse was actually the favorite at somewhere around two to one, uh, seven to two morning line. I mean, if you're going to get somewhere around seven to two, it definitely might be worth firing. Uh, Woodmere Steel Deal uh, third in that that first race in about three weeks. Uh, I actually think Woodmere Steel Deal could could steal uh, the win, especially if the five and six are battling. But uh, I can't shy away from so much more. Uh, what a gutsy effort last week to just miss second by a head in 50 and four, 26 and four final quarter. Uh, to me, I can't shy away from that. And I I know that if I had to pick between so much more and wheels on fire, I would definitely choose wrong, right? It just seems like the type of thing that would happen. Uh, for me, in terms of numbers, I'll probably go with a 5-2. Exactly. I know you said 1-2. I'll probably go 5-2. Again, Woodmere Steel deal, 6-1 to one morning line. Uh, I think that horse is actually going to take some significant money. Might be around the 4-1 to one range, especially that first start off the bench for three weeks. Uh, kicked home 26-2. and two. Uh, This is an absolutely loaded field, though. I do not want to... Not mention Wheels on Fire, who did win. Oh man, just what a tough field! But for me, uh, five. If I had to give four numbers, it would probably be uh, five, two, one, six. That would be my uh, superfecta. You could 
you play those numbers however you wanted. So, Kevin, though, I'll leave this a very open-ended question, and I guess you can – there might be more than – there's probably one more than one correct answer, but uh, this mm-hmm. is one I'm thinking in particular. The eight in this race, Sam to my toes, you see him a lot at the Meadows. I'm sure Jeff Zidick probably threw this in as a useless fact somewhere they'd read in the book somewhere. <laughs> well, what's a good useless fact on Sam between my toes? Um, wow, okay. this I'm being put extremely on the spot here in my first time back off the bench. Um, um, three, three years ago. Three years ago in October. Oh, yeah. Sam, oh, Sam between my toes won the – oh, God. I'm going to hate myself for not remembering the name of the race. Uh one at like, what was it like a a billion to one at Hoosier Park? Oh, okay, okay. You know what I was gonna say that you were like, eh, maybe on the right track, but the Hoosier Park saved you. That that we'll call that mostly all correct. Then yes, okay. Breeders Crown, a Breeders Crown. I you know I was gonna say that I just I just didn't want to be wrong. I didn't want to embarrass myself. Pacers, and he was two hundred and nine to one. I was gonna say two hundred. You know I got to be more confident in my ability. Oh, and you know what? Oh, I got the really good useless fact. I always forget this about that race. I was I was getting crushed that night. And, you know, degenerate gambler, you just want to get out, right? Yeah. He was the eight horse, I think. I was truly down to the last like ten dollars I was willing to lose. Yeah. So I was like, I need a thousand dollars, hundred to one. No way. It was two ninety nine to one, eight or nine. I picked wrong. Oh my god. Are you serious? <laughs> the other one was no good. It was like that are you, last one. Are you serious? It was like, wow, huh? I really, I really actually did have a chance to get out. Wow. This and I picked the wrong one. That's crazy. Wow. You know what? I, I need to be more confident in my ability because I was going to say Breeders' Crown. I was going to say 200 to 1, but I didn't because I was I thought I was going to embarrass myself on first over with Edison Hatter, and I didn't want to do that. But oh, for, from now on, <laughs> from now on, I will be more confident in my in my answers. I'm surprised they don't have any, any other useless facts about this horse. Like, <laughs> I've been watching this horse at uh, – at the Meadows. Here's a useless fact. I think I've lost more money betting against this horse than most of the open horses. Oh, well, you can ask Ray Catolo. I'm, I'm usually wrong about most facts he asks me about, whatever. So per- perfectly good to be wrong. But uh, yeah, that, that, that's just a good useless one I remember from that night. And uh, yeah, it's funny. I kind of forgot that betting story until I thought about it now. I was like, yeah, that's, oh, that's, that's crazy. I mean, that's one that I can't really sit back and be too disappointed in. Like, oh, you know, you picked the wrong one. I was like, right. no, I'm just generally just picking a number and a price and saying, <laughs> got $10 on it. So, I mean, it's not like I really had a beat on the winner. No. Either way, felt like I was close. But <laughs> that, Kevin, I think we've uh, just about reached our allotted time here. So, we have covered the uh, featured race, the early pick five, on the Saturday evening, February 25th, 2023, with Bind Mohawk Card. So, Wish everybody tuning in there the uh, best of luck this weekend with your wagers. And, uh, yeah, I want to keep an eye, you know, on the track. We see it a lot at the Meadowlands, also at Mohawk, pretty much every track this time of year. You kind of get this weird week like this where it's really warm. Everything's kind of falling out tonight. Then tomorrow it's going to get really cold again. Everything's going to, like, refreeze. Sometimes you get the track playing kind of weirdly. And I say weirdly, I think more often than not, it, it feels like sometimes then it'll kind of – favor the closers more i think i want to say because it's I, i'm gonna write the argument i mean everyone's kind of got the theories but you know i think the track kind of thaws and gets softer and tiring mm-hmm. it's kind of refreezing it is getting harder but you know horses I, I don't know I might, I might be making something up kevin but at the very least <laughs> it does seem like when you got these weather fluctuations you might want to keep an eye on the bias and kind of make your own notes to see if there is one this weekend and definitely yeah can absolutely yeah, because, I mean, it's it's still very cold at uh, Woodbine Mohawk Park, and I know Friday the high is supposed to be 20, and we're talking about the Saturday card. It says a high of 28, at least for right now. So uh, definitely something to watch for. I'm, I'm not too sure of the whole track bias. I haven't – I don't think I've watched enough 
I don't think I'm a, a seasoned Woodbine veteran enough yet to to tell you what kind of bias the track is going to have based on the weather. But I hope you guys all make some money. I hope me and Edison both make some money on this 12 race Saturday card. We got 12, the Saturday dozen at Woodbine Mohawk Park. All righty. Well, Kevin, before we uh, get out of here, uh, what do we got from you? Plugs, social media plugs, picks, plugs. What do we got? Uh, yeah. All right. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Plouchas Picks. That's P-L-O-W-C-H-A-S Picks. Uh, I make Benno's picks for every single card on NahuPicks.com. That's N-A-H-U Picks.com. You really should go there because there are a bunch of awesome handicappers, including me, uh, handicapping for tracks across the country. Uh, Meadows Picks, I do that. I've gotten into uh, making Woodbine Picks on Twitter. I actually filled in for Mike Probozzi on NahuPicks.com for Woodbine, so maybe I'll be doing that again. Not sure. But, uh, yeah, uh, social media. I like being on social media. I like talking sports, even though I don't really post much about it on Twitter, mainly keep it horse racing. But I can if anyone ever wants to talk sports. At Plouch's Picks and nahupix.com all righty oh let's see what plugs do i have you know i don't think i've given my good spiel for my uh, employers <laughs> lately so i may as well go for them uh okay well first of all uh the chance to hear ray catolo every once in a while including i think like three weeks from now on thursday down at rosecroft raceway tuesday Ooh. and thursday racing in fort washington maryland 7 15 first post time uh, rosecroft.com check out their racing product good tuesday night thursday night action for you to watch out for uh, the Rosecroft Amateur Drivers Club has now started up. I think those amateur races are just such great betting opportunities. If you can uh, handicap drivers, handicap horses, handicap trips, uh, those are fun races. So a uh, good good little series they've got going down there. And a lot of really great opens um, down at Rosecroft as well lately. So yep. I got Rosecroft. Free old raceway, Fridays and Saturdays, 12.30 p.m. Uh, two guest announcers coming up this weekend. Ray Catolo on the mic Friday. John Piasek on the mic on Saturday. I will be there. I will be charting both days, so I will still be around after i return from florida but uh freeholdraceway.com friday and saturday racing continuing to the end of may we get closer to the first saturday in may freehold raceway signature races the lady suffolk and the dexter cup trot the dexter cup the first step on the road to the hamiltonian All and right. of course the meadowlands in east rutherford new jersey friday and saturday 6 20 p.m first post time we are in the long stretch to meadowlands we will race every singular weekend through saturday august 5th hamiltonian day 2023 play meadowlands.com for Hatters race reviews, the free racing program, check out the dining menus, everything else, et cetera, et cetera. Kevin, I think I did a pretty good job with all my advertisements. I think you did absolutely fantastic. And, you know, you actually have me very excited mentioning all those, uh, the racetracks and all the big races that will be here just around the corner before we know it. Uh, you know, the weather's getting a little warmer. Obviously today it was a beautiful day. Uh, it makes me think of the, the big spring and summer races that are coming up. So very, very exciting. And yeah, you should listen to Ray Catolo call races because he is very, very good. Yeah. I don't know. Ray, Ray's okay. Uh, <laughs> he's he's entertaining. Yeah. Here, he's entertaining. Uh, let me say that. He's very entertaining, especially when there was a, uh, a car on the track most recently. <laughs> oh, oh, that's right. I, I got, I got a, gr- you know what? So of course I'm in Florida and I'll be honest, believe it or not, once in a while, even I can kind of turn my brain off from racing for a little while. And I did so in Florida last week. And I never knew what was happening until all of a sudden I get this text from Jeff Zittick. And it's like, what happened? I was like, oh, look, I don't know. I'm on vacation. I'm not down there. But just based on the photo you sent me, this is definitely something. Yeah, yeah it's something that I haven't ever seen before. And, and Jeff also made a funny comment. He said, I bet the SUV fourth in the Superfecta looks like I just got nosed out. 
Uh, well, anyway, Kevin, as always, we thank you for uh, joining us here on the show. We'll look forward to having you back uh, sometime later this spring. Yep, thank you very much, Edison. It was a pleasure to be back, and thank you for everything that you're doing for the industry. All righty, racing fans, wish you the best of luck this weekend. Everything you're wagering on, be it uh, sports, horses, whatever else you wager on, hopefully your uh, thoroughbred wagers. I think uh, Oaklawn's got the big stakes events this weekend on the road to the Kentucky Derby. Harness racing action, of course, rolling on from Freehold, the Meadowlands, and Wood by Mohawks. Hopefully all your bets are winning ones. And, uh, you know, I don't even know what the plans are for next week. So e either it'll be first over with Edison Hatter, first over without Edison Hatter, whatever next week is. We'll talk to you then.